want to talk to you a couple verses here. This, this is somewhat of a reoccurring subject, a reoccurring subject in my, in my preaching and teaching, especially as I've gotten older, as the years have gone by, and as they've added some aging processes and some, some assimilation. As you get older, the truths of the Bible begin to fall into place, and they assimilate into real-life experiences. At first, you don't. At first, you, I was telling a young preacher today, at first, when you begin to preach, your illustration material comes out of illustration books. You go into illustration books for illustration material. Why? Because you haven't lived long enough to have very many illustrations. In the first you know, few, few months, you've used all your illustrations up. And so you're starting to use them. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I did it myself when I was early on preaching. Most of the time now, I don't use illustrations from books. I use illustrations from life. And um, that's just part of, of, of the t when the time and you begin to assimilate things and they begin to add. It's, it's like cheese. Aged cheese. You know. I don't say wine because I'm a teetotaler. So this is a verse that pop, pop, is been one of it's powerful verse been you know man there's just some things in the in the bible when you read read them they pop and god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death nor sorrow nor crying neither shall be any more pain former things are passed away now if you're in comfort right now that doesn't mean a whole lot if you're in prosperity right now that doesn't mean a whole lot if things are going well for you and things are just, you know, coming out roses, and that really don't mean a whole lot to you, but it will. Because things will not continue to go that way. Life is not that way. Uh, and so it's a great verse to have in your mind. Also, this the other verse I want to talk about, so one I'm going to leave up here. Uh, it says, For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. To some people, that is a discouraging thing. They love the people that they, like, like my wife. Personally, and I think in heaven, my wife's not going to mean any, any more to me than you mean to me. Because it can't be heaven if she's married to me. You with me? It can't be. We're not even going to have a special relationship in heaven. We're not, that's not going to go on. Marriage is for here. Here's where you marry and give in marriage. And in heaven, there is no marrying. You're like the angels of God. You're going to, because you don't have an evil nature in heaven, you're going to be able to love everybody equally, but more than you love your wife or husband. Way more than you love your wife or husband. Take away the physical part of it, and the actual uh, connection and commitment to individuals will be perfect. It'll be without flaw. It'll be beautiful. I think the intimacy in heaven, Emotional intimacy and stuff is going to be past anything you've ever known. Well, I know that I have not seen nor ever heard nor entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him. I know that. And so I know things are going to be deeper, wider, past what we can imagine. If I showed you a grain of corn, one little grain of corn, you could never, you could guess all you wanted, but you never would imagine what that plant looked like to produce that. And that's the way it is trying to imagine what heaven's like. People say, what's heaven going to be like? You might as well just give it up. You just go to the Bible, read the book, whatever it says. You even, even though you're not going to be able to put your mind around even what it says, you can, you can read something but not be able to really grasp it because you do not have enough, uh, not enough uh, information really. 
but God's going to let us have that in due time. Uh, many of you save memorabilia. Some of you may even be on the verge of hoarders. I know a few. Uh, some of you ladies have kept your husband's love letters. You, you one of them? And women that have kept their husband's love letters for blackmail purposes. Raise your hands, will you? Come on now, come on, girls. My wife told me one day, I have all your love letters. Now, I was a fool back then. Flat out fool. Fool, stupid fool. Said crazy things because I was on drugs. I was on drugs, man. I mean, I was 18 years old. I mean, you can't hold the 18-year-old accountable when they're in love, right? I mean, can you? You say stuff that you didn't really know what you were saying and didn't really mean what you were saying. You didn't know what was going on. You were out of your mind. I said, well, you kept them? She said, I kept them. I said, where are they? She says, I ain't telling you. I says, I want to burn them. I want to burn them. No, she said, no, no. I go over and read them once in a while. Oh, my, my, my. I said, that boy's dead. He's been dead. Uh, she even saved a rose petal. I was going through her Bible one day. I was going through her Bible. And I was just flipping through her Bible. And there I found some rose petals. And they were, you know, pressed between the And I said, well, what, what are these? She said, well, that's the rose you gave me when, I mean, I was 17 and she was 16, I think. And she says, I have those, I, I look at them every so often. I said, Kathy, Kathy, you got a problem, man. She, she and I even go back and look at old pictures, old young pictures when we were young. It's hard to believe what you look like. I mean, if you put, I would if I took you old couples in this room and put your new married pictures up here, we would have trouble guessing who it was. Almost that bad. There's almost that much change. And so the person you marry is not going to be the person you're married 50 years to. At 50 years, it's a different person. It looks different. They look different. They act different. Of course they do. But time goes on. Things happen. Early pictures. Um, some some people I've known even to keep scrapbooks, like wedding books. All that money they spend on a photographer, and they keep wedding books, and they go back. Do they ever? One well, question I always have: Do does the man? Does the man ever go back and look at those wedding books? You're not politically saying that, are you? Okay, one out of ten. One out of ten, you got a man who'll go back and look at that. And I'm going to say only two out of ten women probably ever go back and look at those wedding books, but they spend. A... <laughs> that is living. I'm going somewhere with all this. You're living in the past. You're living in the past. 
You're living in the past, girls. You're living in the past. But the past is never, ever, ever, ever coming back. In fact, it's this radical. It's going to be a day not even going to be remembered. God's going to wipe all of those precious memories. Oh, they linger. How they ever flood my soul in the midnight, in the stillness of the midnight. Sacred, precious scenes unfold. You know that song? Oh, I missed my pad. Quit it. Someday God's going to wipe all those memories. Now, I know it's going to hurt a lot of you folks. But it's the only way. Heaven can have no tears. Because if I got this right, when you go back and look at that old stuff, you kind of want to well up with some tears. You had a little crying spell today thinking back. Heaven can't be that way. You can't think back. Not with tears. Plus, it's going to wipe away all pain. Some of them memories. Now, for every good memory, you got at least one bad one, maybe two. Yeah, and so people that live in the past is what I want to talk about a little bit. My mother, when I moved her, she was dying, basically had a, you know, she was dying, coming to the end of her last six, seven, eight years of life. And I said to her, I said, I got Tuesdays off. What if I come to your house and we'll sit down and we'll go through everything you have and we'll go uh, garbage, keep it. Garbage, you tell me, whatever you tell me. But we got to reduce your volume by, by 90%. Because she was moving in a mobile home, out of a house. I said, we got to reduce your volume. So she had boxes and boxes of pictures of her aunts, her great aunts, her grandmother. No names on the pictures. Let me say this. If you don't put a name and a date on a picture and you die, your kids will not know who they are. And more than that, they won't care. I'm hurting feelings tonight. Oh, my kids are going to want to save those pictures. Not going to do it. Oh, there may be the exception. Now, don't, don't make the exception the rule. I'm talking about the rule tonight. There's an exception. But the rule is, you go three generations. You go two generations away from me, and they don't know who your people were. Or they don't care who your people were. They got their own life. They're living their own life, having their own way. I mean, come on. I mean, I remember my grandfather. I have certain memories about my grandfather. But the, uh, I told my mom, it's, it's going to be hard, but we've got, we got to do it. Before you die, we got to do it. I don't want to do it after you die. I want to do it before you die, so. My Aunt Mouse gave me that advice. That was great advice, by the way. Do it before she dies. I said, oh, we will. So I spent six weeks or six Tuesdays over to her house going through very morbid, going through her old stuff. And I took five large loads of stuff, brand new stuff, stuff with tags in it, good stuff to Goodwill. I just took it to Goodwill. When I, when I drove into Goodwill, they, they attacked us. I had a big old trailer. We filled that thing up five times. I called Corey Roberts. I called the young men of the church and said, you can come over here and have anything you want of this in this. And it was good stuff. But they didn't want to say, we're already full. Our barns are already full, preacher. Okay. 
And I felt bad about taking that down there. And she cried her way through that whole deal. But she had to do that. She had to do it. I still have my dad's boxing shorts that he won the uh, 1939 Golden Gloves. True confession. True confession. I have his robe that he says 1939 welterweight champion Chicago. I got the newspaper articles of him being written up in the newspaper articles in 1939, 38, 40, 41. I was born in 51, i give you an idea. Uh, I got some of my mother's pictures. Some of, We kept some of them. I gave some to Louie, my brother, some to Jim, my brother, and I kept a few. I haven't looked at them since that day and probably won't. I'm not sure why I kept them. Life often dishes out not just good things, but heartaches and sorrows. Your mom and dad, how many people in this room, mom and dad are gone? You miss them? I miss them. I miss them. I miss them. Um, many of you have suffered separation from your loved ones through military or college. Once they leave the nest, my son's in, in the empty nest syndrome thing. He sold his house and moved. That's what happens when you get an empty nest. And uh, I did the same thing. When he left the house, I sold my house and moved somewhere else because I didn't want those memories. I'm not sure that's why he did it. But I think that's what he did. His wife probably, oh, that's our house we raised our children in. Tough. We're selling it. Why? Because you have to let it go. God himself is not going to let you keep it. He's going to wipe your memory of it away. You might as well start getting ready. <laughs> um, sometimes diseases ravage and take some, what was youthful and vibrant. Losses of home sometimes. We, we live in such a prosperous place and time. And a lot of this doesn't even apply. But if you go, you go like to the Ukraine right now, Losses of homes, properties, businesses that came at a high human cost are gone. Burnout, rubble, infrastructure, gone. By the way, you guys are so generous. The offering to the Ukrainians, 24000 bucks. Yeah, hey man, knock his socks off. I told Vladimir Kuchinin, I got a whole, believe it or not, you can communicate to the, the people just like it's next door. And I told him we got $24,000 for him to. Knock your socks off. You guys, I thought we'd take an offering of maybe 10000 That was amazing. Praise the Lord for that, and God, it'll help them. But, you know, if you if you went over to some of these companies like Burma, um, people doing without clothing, living in the woods, they had to leave their homes because of the threat of being burned out, and they were living now in the woods. No hospital, no medical, nothing. No services. People... Just as good as you and me. Meaning, they, I'm no more worthy than they, I'm not more worthy than they are. Just things are different. And so, I remember my mom when she was beginning to get really old. I won't tell you how old that was, but her skin, I remember her skin used to be smooth. 
supple. I remember her tender hand upon my fevered brow, her, her kindness to me when I was sick. I used to look into her eyes that once sparkled with light. And I began to look at her, and she had this dementia look. It's, a, it's the deer in the headlight look. It's the dull, I'm there, but I'm not there. It's what happens to people when they get old. Not everybody, but many of them. So this life oftentimes has been referred to as a veil of tears by many who passed ahead of me, who passed already on. When I first read that as a young man, I thought, what is that? That's mundane. That's, that's how true, how true, how true that statement is. Life is a veil of tears. This is, and why does God allow that to happen? Because it's a sin-cursed world. Why? God doesn't want you to grip this thing as if this is what counts. He doesn't want you to lay hold on this thing as if you can keep it. Because you cannot. How many funerals you got to go to? Would they take with them? And so, sin is the cause of, of, the, of the veil of tears. Sin is the cause of the trouble here. Sin stains the most beautiful garment. It wrinkles and wrecks the most perfect relationship. It sours the sweetest things in life. Sin fills with a person with regrets and replaces victory with despair. But God has an answer for all that. If you'll trust Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you'll be added into the, into the family of God as a child of God. Why? Because of grace. Through, you have faith, grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. And because of what He paid for and what He did, we get part of the kingdom of God. But he said, you can't have these, all these memories and all these things and all these events you've had on earth. You've lived it. You've made decisions. You will be judged for the things you did in your body, whether they be good or bad. Everybody, everybody, Christian and unsaved, are going to be judged by the things done in the body, whether they be good or bad. Now, it's unsaved are going to be judged for their sins and works. We're going to be judged for our works. But our sins have already been judged in Christ. So we get to go to heaven. And depending on what you did, your, with, what the, with the amount of light you've had, what you did with that's going to determine your reward on the other side, your, your position of responsibility. Because I'm, I'm pretty convinced that what we're going to do over on the other side is work. We're going to build. We're going to make. We're going to progress. It's going to be wonderful. You know, one of the most beautiful times of life was when you work. Work's not a curse, it's a gift. It is such a gift to be able to work. Praise God for work. Brother Bobby Rose loved to work. He was a worker. He was a work. We took him down to the Keys for vacation with us. He got 4 a.m., did the dishes, did the laundry, got the tanks ready for us, and we slept into 6.30. We figured when we get up at 6.30, everything will be done. You couldn't stop him. You couldn't stop the boy. He loved it. Love to work. Some of my sweetest memories of this life is work. And if you don't like work, you're going to have trouble. <laughs> you're going to be sorrowful a lot of this world. But God has an answer. He said, look, when you get saved and become the kingdom of God, I'm going to give you a new heaven and a new earth with new memories. Because, and because I wipe away these old memories, you're not going to have moments of despondency. 
You're not going to have moments, oh, my husband wasn't saved and didn't make it. You're not going to think about that. I've had people tell me, I can't get saved. I bring them right to being saved, and I say, I can't get saved because my spouse wasn't saved, and I love my spouse. What a wonderful spouse. Well, you know, I'm not doubting any of that. Right? But I said, if your spouse could be here right now, he or she would beg you to get saved because not to come to the place they had to go. Of course, people get, and they're not happy about that. But I'm not telling them what I wrote. I'm telling them what God wrote. Don't kill the messenger. And yet, if, if your spouse died without Christ, you don't want to die without Christ. Because if they came back, I know that for sure, Luke chapter 16, I know that. The rich man said, I got five brothers. Go back and tell them about this so they don't come in this place, a torment. He, he was the most of it. You let one of them boys out of hell, they'd be evangelistic, man, like crazy evangelistic. You think, you think we're evangelistic. We don't hold a shadow to some of them boys and the fervency they'd have, they come out of hell. Man, you don't want to come to this place. It's all true what Jesus said. By the way, he spoke more about hell and heaven. Well, God's going to wipe away all of these bad memories, these hurtful memories, and if I may say, the good memories. And they were, they were uh, once done and gone. So how could heaven be heaven without the, with the remembrances of this old world, as I said before? It couldn't. I like the song that says, gone, gone, gone. Gone, gone, gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Buried in the deepest sea in my heart. Oh, yeah. Buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for Jeff me. Amen? Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. God will replace what he takes away. Laughter will replace tears. Woo! Eternal life will replace death. Death isn't just an act. It's a process. I'm dying. And I can feel it. You're dying. And I can see it. You didn't come in here to get schmoozed, did you? You want the truth? You want the truth? You want to get schmoozed? The Bible says, look in the mirror. The wrinkles I gave you are testimony against you. God gave us wrinkles and gray hair as a testimony that is coming. It's down the road, not too far. Maybe closer than you think. That isn't God kind, isn't he? How kind he is by giving us warnings, a heads up. Now, some people die early. They don't get those heads up. They die early on. It's wrong to assume that you're going to live a long time. It really is wrong. It's stupid, foolish to believe that you're going to live a long time like we have. Just because I lived a long time don't mean you're going to get to live a long time. Or just because Bill has lived a long time doesn't mean you're going to get to live that long. I've had people come up to me and brag, be braggadocious, and say, my father lived to 95, and my mother lived to 102, and I got long life, and they got long life, so I'm going to have long life. No, not necessarily. I was thinking of Ernie Leonard. It goes the other way, by the way. Ernie Leonard, 
Ernie, if you're watching, God bless you. You shouldn't have told me this. Um, Ernie Leonard is the oldest man in his family. I mean, he's the, he is, I think he's, all his people and his brothers and everything died in their 50s with heart trouble. They have a genetic heart, obviously a genetic heart thing going on. And I talked to Bailey and he said, that's really much, a large part of heart problem is genetic. You're fighting genetics. It's not whether you eat the yellow part of the egg. It's not whether you eat McDonald's. I've eaten McDonald's. I still go to McDonald's at least once a week and eat all the processed food I can jam into my mouth. And my heart, I've had been checked every way you can believe. My heart has, has absolutely no blockage. I have no blockage anywhere. That's from two stress tests and, and, and two or three echocardiograms and this and the other thing. I am clean. And the doctors just shake their head. I've eaten fat. I've been on the Atkins diet where all you ate was fat and protein. And, and they'll say, oh, that just goes against everything. I said, it goes against everything. And, of course, Bailey, he's reasonable. He's good. Bailey, if you're watching, <laughs> shouldn't have told me this. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it, if you have a genetic tendency to clog up, it makes a difference that you don't or do that. But if you're like me, where you don't have it, then it doesn't make any difference. You can you can break every rule in the book, brother. You can just break every rule. Now, my family dies of cancer. My grandfather died of cancer. My dad died of cancer. And I got, I've had cancer and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So probably I won't have to worry about heart trouble. But you with me on that? So... I, I like to go back and think about stuff. God's going to replace eternal life. With, we're going to replace the process of death. Woo. Joy will replace sorrow of heart. Have you been sorrow of heart lately? You forget what it's like. Unless you're going through some real sorrowful situation, there's a beautiful mechanism in people. It's, a kind, of a, it's kind of a thing where women have a baby. And it's, according to the women, it's the worst pain they ever felt if they go natural. It's the worst pain they ever felt, or a kidney stone. Even people in here that had kidney stones tell me it's the worst pain they ever felt. They want to cry for their mother. They want to die, roll around the floor. Women say the same thing when they have children. But yet, they'll have a second child. What are they, I ask them why. Why did you have a second child? Because I forgot. That's God. If he left it as a real good, fresh memory, and I mean really to where you could almost feel it again, you probably hesitate a little bit on doing that. Amen. You say, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. So they'll do it again, 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 again. And people have kidney stones, you don't have any choice. You get to have another one and another one. We're gonna, God's going to put praising to replace crying. He's going to put peace to replace pain. I like the song, as the words say, Help me then in my every tribulation, so to trust thy promises, O Lord, that I lose not face sweet consolation offered me within thy holy word. Help me, Lord, when toil and trouble meeting ever to take as from a father's hand, one by one the days and moments fleeting, till I reach the promised land. He sang, 
supper time. She called it supper time. That was big with me. My mother called us for supper time. God's going to call you home for supper. This marriage supper of the Lamb. That song's actually a very biblical song you sang. We should do that again. Do it again, brother. So, what is, what is the bottom line to what everything I've said so far? Hold on loosely. Take your fingers and make them loose on your house and on your kids and on your wife and on your spouse and on the things around you because you're not going to get to keep them. Old Ben was here last year. He's not here this year. Bob was here. He's not here. In fact, if I got my numbers right, I think we lost 10 men last year. 10 men in this church went to heaven. Two women, if I have the numbers right, two women went to, went to heaven and 10 men went to heaven. This, in this size of, of body, that's a lot. Okay? And so just take your hands off of it. Let, let, let it live every day as a gift from God. Assign the things of this world the value they deserve, which is temporal. Use this world like a tool to do things for God, not a treasure to be kept. Handle what God gives you here with this understanding that it's temporary. And do not, if you can help it by the grace of God, do not overgrieve yourself at the troubles, the trials, the losses, and the hurts. Because this too will pass. Father, help us tonight. Give us, uh, give us a clear heads up. Only you can communicate these truths, oh dear blessed Holy Spirit. Thank you for your kindness in letting us know. In Jesus' name. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.